What's up? Nothing. It's finally working. <laughs> yes. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. So, so yeah, you yeah. can start. <laughs> so, before we get started today with our coffee review and our actual episode, we wanted to do a little update situation. So, all of this is pre recorded a few weeks in advance. So, this is like something that we're inserting. Um, basically, we kind of jinxed ourselves <laughs> for last week's episode and we didn't knock on wood hard enough because we both have COVID. Yep. Yeah. So basically we're recording um, th- these little inserts that we're going to put in the episodes that were already previously recorded and we're recording in co- two completely different locations right now. Mm-hmm. Um with not our normal microphone so the audio and sound quality is probably not going to be as great as what you're used to hearing yeah I'm hoping to with service it's not like choppy or anything like that yeah hopefully we'll be good in that way in that situation but yeah it's probably not going to be as great as as normal and hopefully we won't pick up on too much background noise either because my dogs are suddenly starting to be annoying downstairs so. <laughs> I don't hear them so okay good <laughs> and we probably also sound like shit because we were pretty sick um these past couple of weeks so we feel like shit so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. technically done with quarantine now but basically the story is that Carson and I my fiance we went to my work I told you guys I work at an urgent care and we had an exposure outside of work so we went in and I tested us I did a rapid test on both of us and we came back positive on Christmas Eve yeah so do we want to jump into how we've been feeling what our symptoms are and stuff so yeah hopefully this is I mean, not relatable to too many of you. Hopefully a lot of you did not get COVID. Right. For those who are wondering what our symptoms have been or what symptoms feel like, or for those who have had it, we thought that talking about it might be a little more relatable for our listeners and or helpful for our listeners. Yeah. So it's basically when I started feeling sick was the day that I got tested, but I got, I started feeling sick like later in the day after my test. And I started having like um, really bad body aches and it honestly, it felt like I went to the gym and I did not go to the gym (laughs) recently. Yeah. I kept saying to Timo, my legs felt like I had really, really bad growing pains. Yeah. He's like, you're not growing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had really bad body aches. And then I started getting uh, I was like really tired. Like the first couple of days that I was sick, I like slept um, pretty much the whole day. Yeah. And then I got pretty bad headaches. And my like behind my eyes were hurting so bad that it literally hurt to like look around the room or like watch TV. Mm -hmm. I was the same way. I had basically all the same symptoms as you, I think. Um, my cough is still there. I'm still very congested as many people can probably hear (laughs) as I'm I'm talking. Uh, my headaches, I get migraines all the time and my headaches were the worst headaches I've ever had in my life. Like you said, they were, a lot of it was behind my eyes and they were so bad that I was 
getting I was throwing up because of the headaches and the pain and then also my back pain was excruciating I've never felt anything like that right Uh, and basically there was one day where I I mean this multiple times it happened where I I could not even look at my phone for more than two minutes or I felt like I was going to throw up yeah this one night I could not get comfortable on the couch I was laying on the couch trying to watch a show or just like function like function and lay like a normal human being and Mm -hmm. I would turn one way and my head would start throbbing but my back would feel fine and then I would turn another way and my back would be in excruciating pain and my my head would feel fine and I ended up standing (laughs) up and literally rocking back and forth like I was rocking a baby oh my god for probably at least two hours just to feel like normal yeah yeah Yeah, at one point like I got a horrible migraine as well so I was like you know I'm just gonna go sit in the shower hopefully that will help because this was like probably the worst migraine I've ever had Mm -hmm. and I went and sat in the shower and I don't know if it was like the warm air that triggered it or like the, the steam from the shower but I felt like I couldn't breathe and then I started having a panic attack in the shower. Oh my God. I know. And Carson was out in like the living room and I was like, help, help. And he came like running in and I vomited and it was horrible. Yeah. So it was like the combination of like the physical symptoms and then like the mental anxiety behind all of it. That was probably the worst day that I had. Right. And it's also like, are you throwing up because of the pain you're in or are you throwing up because you're sick? Right. And yeah. it's like, it was just the combination of the two. It was horrible. And mentally being quarantined from Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day was like the worst possible feeling, not being able to be around humans, let alone your family. Mm-hmm. It was just mentally draining. Yeah, I think a lot about COVID that people don't who haven't had it don't realize too is obviously I mean everyone's been dealing with being quarantined away from people and places that you're normally around and uh just being with that little group of people like we've been with just our immediate family and that's it and when you have COVID you're even more limited with who you can be around and it's like going from one bit of isolation to an even more extreme isolation yeah and it's just very lonely feeling and I mean even when people are reaching out which thank you to everyone who has because I've had so many friends and family checking up on me every day yeah but apologies as well because I it's so isolating and and you just feel so shitty that half the time I didn't answer people or I would answer like two days later and it was either because A, I obviously felt like shit and sometimes couldn't even look at my phone for more than two minutes. But as well as it's like a mental thing where you just can't even not only form the words to have a conversation with people, but you're you're not in the mindset to have a conversation with people. Right. And like a lot of the time, at least for me, I was pissed off. Like I was genuinely mad about the whole situation. The fact that, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt like two holidays were ruined on top of another celebration that we were going to have. And 
I was just honestly pissed off. And like my sister, who I'm so close with, would call me every day. And it got to like the fourth day of our quarantine. And she's like, you sound really mad. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I don't even, I can't talk right now. Like, I'm just so mad. Yeah. And like, I don't want to say something that I don't mean because I'm just so pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean with that because- there was one day in specific where I was the same way. I was just feeling so angry and pissed off and not at anyone in general, obviously, because it's no one's fault. You can get this anywhere. But yeah, like just the fact that we've all been so safe with it and I haven't even been to a grocery store since March and yeah, our family's just been so cautious. And then there's people out there who go to parties and like you see people on New Year's partying with like 50 people and not giving a fuck and it's like oh wow we've been so safe and we've gotten it but then there's these people out there who don't give two shits and they're just doing their thing right you know like that's what I was more so pissed off about right and I think it made it like I work with patients every day I test like between 40 to 60 patients on any normal day for COVID Mm -hmm. and it made it more real for me just in the fact that you know I test that many patients every day and I've never gotten it from work and I got sick outside of work (laughs) at a small family gathering that's okay Mm -hmm. with you know my family and it's like it can happen that quick nobody knew they were sick and then we right. came back from it and we were we all had it yeah and it's not from being like negligent and going out and fucking partying and uh being at a, being at a party where people aren't wearing masks and there's 200 people there yeah like it's nothing inconsiderate it's literally walking somewhere touching it meeting up with someone mm-hmm. get like y- you know what i mean like it's it's crazy how real yeah. it is. And then, yeah. like, for me, the other thing that was very, like, mentally draining as well was, you know, you're in the situation finally where you feel what it's like to be in the middle of a pandemic. Like, you have the virus and you're trying, at least for me, like, I have a wedding coming up and I was trying to do, like, get some wedding stuff done. But then in the back of my mind, I'm, like, pissed off. Like, is this going to last until my wedding what's the fucking point you know and like I'm getting I know (laughs) and I'm getting so pissed off thinking about it like I'm trying we're trying to like plan our honeymoon and I'm like what if we can't even travel like what is the point of wasting our time right now and it was just like an endless circle of like just yeah like what if yeah and it was it was just so annoying I think that is one of the most frustrating things and for people with anxiety because I have really bad anxiety the not knowing like not knowing where the end is right of it I get anxious thinking about that every day because obviously like I said I think it was our last episode where I said I feel like hopefully on a positive side of it we're closer to the end of it than we were from the beginning of it Mm -hmm. but at the same time we don't know and it's like is this our new norm is this how things are going to be right for a good while now and and it's like I mean it's crazy and I just got the I'm back to work now and the day I got back to work I got an email offering me the vaccine and I'm like wow perfect fucking timing <laughs> yeah now I can't get yeah. it for three months Co- <laughs> a thing I have to say is COVID does have impeccable timing I missed three or two holidays and <laughs> one giant gathering do you want to tell them what yeah. it's supposed to be Brune? yeah 
So basically, I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I've already had to reschedule my wedding twice. I was supposed to get married August 8th of 2020. And then we had to reschedule it because of the pandemic happening, obviously. And we rescheduled it to July of 2021 so next july but we've had to then since reschedule again because i don't have a normal kind of situation my fiance's entire family is in europe so it's even harder to plan ahead with if this is still going to be around if people are going to be able to travel if his entire family is going to be able to come or not so we moved it yet again to july 2022 (laughs) we're aiming for so that was the second time i had to move it And in the meantime, we've just been so fucking fed up with the whole thing. We're like, screw it. Let's just get married, have an intimate ceremony with just our immediate families. So there'd be like 10 people there. And then when we can have the whole big shebang down the line, we will. So we had aimed to get married on Christmas Day. (laughs) Yeah. And we all got COVID. So we couldn't. So our plan within a plan was also fucked over by completely ruined yeah but it was horrible it was a horrible but it's okay I'm I'm like obviously it was an upsetting thing that we couldn't have Christmas and we couldn't have our wedding and and we were literally that whole week cramming with trying to get shit done because we planned this whole thing within less than a month and like shit was coming together. It was. And we were, just, we were, we, it was going to be so beautiful. We were hustling. But, yeah, we were fucking hustling. But the positive side to it is we're going to have our own little Christmas at a later date and we will have this small intimate gathering at a later date. It's, I'm just, we're just waiting so for it to be safe and for everybody to get off of quarantine. So we don't, we're trying to do it responsibly. Yeah. yeah I was more so concerned during this whole thing with everyone just getting through it. Okay. Yeah. And no one ending up in the hospital or worse. Like I was just, right. I'm happy that everyone it seems like is on the upswing in our family right all in all it could have been a lot worse than it was but we're just trying to share our own experiences because we feel that maybe you guys were potentially going through the same thing if you were on isolation and Mm -hmm. you really don't know until you go through it and I trust me I've gone through worse things in my life but this was just something that like is totally something that you never think you'd have to go through yeah Exactly. And just the mental side, not only the health side of it, but the mental side of it. COVID really works. It's wonders. <laughs> Love you, COVID. <laughs> no, I fucking hate you, COVID. It literally ruined my life. Yeah. No. But um, I also wanted to bring up that's obviously why uh there's been a slacking on social media (laughs) like I said sometimes I cannot look at my phone for more than two minutes and if we didn't sound as upbeat or congested in the next couple episodes especially the one that's going to be coming up what next week yeah it'll be next week yeah yeah that one we most likely had COVID and didn't know it when we recorded (laughs) we found out the next day that might be that might be when I got COVID from Honestly, because I I tested positive the next day. So next week's episode might be – I might sound a little lethargic. I didn't know it at the time. 
Yeah, I probably thought it was I, just stress about getting things together for the wedding, but yeah, same, same. And I was trying really hard to gather my thoughts that episode. I know looking back now, I think I was like not as upbeat as I usually am and just couldn't gather my thoughts, which I'm still having a very hard time with yeah. on top of, I have chronic Lyme. So <laughs> sometimes it's really hard for me to gather my thoughts as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so, sorry if we sound congested and shitty as well literally that's where we are in our lives we <laughs> yeah. hope that we're on the upswing yeah. we just have coughs and sound like shit exactly but like we said <laughs> we pre-recorded these episodes so hopefully I mean not hopefully it's going the rest of the episode will sound fine it's just these little inserts that we have to like record and put in there just so you know like why we've kind of been MIA and um just that whole situation yeah and to sum it up, wear a fucking mask. <laughs> Get the fucking vaccine no, just, when you can. I mean, if, if you're around other people, please wear a mask. I'm not like we're not saying to wear a mask 24 yeah. seven. You do not need to do that. Just be conscientious of other people. Right. Even if you're not worried about yourself, worry about other. people. And if you have any questions about the vaccine, I've done a shit ton of research because of all the myths that were associated at first with the vaccine. And mm-hmm. I feel comfortable with it now, and I'm going to get it when I can, which is three months from now since I had a positive test. Um, but if you have any questions, let me know, and I can hopefully help answer or, like, lead you to links that I went to to research about it. So, Yeah. And obviously, we're not pressing or pushing our opinions on right. people. It's just if if you want to know, Kelsey has answers. Right. Right. Yeah. And we hope this was helpful if you've had it, if you haven't had it, if you've had questions about it, if you know someone who've had it, if you've lost someone to it, right. we hope that this was a little helpful. Right. Connect with us. Let us know. We're like huge on human connection. So like, let us know if this is something that you related to or that you want to talk about. And maybe we can even like talk about it over an episode one day. Just let us. Yeah, this has been, I mean, human connection. I always I know like I know I need connections with people that's part of a big part of why I've been struggling during the pandemic because I'm I, I'm such a social person but and I like being isolated by choice like in my own time right and I think that was the but, biggest thing it was like you can't physically go see and hug and touch and be with your family yeah. you're here maybe looking on social media at other people's family, which is like, that was so damaging to me just seeing social media, everybody living a normal life. And then like, I'm sitting in my bed, like watching TV on Christmas because I can't do anything else. Yeah, I know. And physical touch is just a huge thing. Like I am such a hugger and just, I, I, this whole, I mean, since, since you guys found out that you were positive, I've been separate from my fiance in our house because I didn't, I ended up finding out I was positive, but he came back negative at first. So we were keeping separate. We were sleeping in separate rooms and stuff. And then a couple of days ago, we found out he was positive because, because he got retested. Yeah. And because uh, he started displaying symptoms. So it was like a false negative. And um, I finally was able to like hug him again yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, I made it. <laughs> crazy so let us know if you're going through anything similar we'd love to hear from you guys um yeah and hopefully people are still uh 
interested in hearing our episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, 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 really good episode. one. Just don't listen to it yeah. before you go to bed because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's still I'm terrified by the one I chose. I was so terrified after I I researched it yeah. and then we recorded it and it's it's scary. It's really scary, but we'll let you guys listen. Yeah. Um the next part obviously will be our coffee review and then we'll go into the episode. So stay tuned, guys. Yeah, if you didn't like this part, hopefully you skipped ahead to the 20 minute mark. <laughs> and ready set go. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> So today, we need to start off with a quick story that might make you laugh. Might make it you puke. Might make you puke. But it's on our minds, and we thought it was funny. If you have a weak stomach, you might want to pause for a sec. <laughs> so, we're playing Capture the Flag with our niece outside today. And we had our puppies. We have two Blue Healer puppies um, outside, and we're, you know, running around playing capture the flag and my dog Bixby decided to literally crunch down on a baby bird that was already dead. A dead dead. bird. It was so disgusting. I'm like oh my god I can't. I thought it was a stick so I'm like why what is she crunch? I could hear it crunching the bones crunching. Mm. I was like what is that and then I was like Brad help She's and, chewing on a bird. Yeah, and she was just like, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, I don't know what made me think I could. She's like, <laughs> okay. And she grabs Bixby's jaw. And I'm just like trying to rip her jaw open. And prying Kel- it apart. And Kelsey takes his stick and starts trying to scoop the bird out of her mouth. And mid, mid all of this happening, <laughs> Brent is vomiting almost. <laughs> I was gagging. She's straight up gagging. gagging. (laughs) Our seven-year-old niece is looking at us like, what the fuck is happening right now? She kind of just watched the entire shit show unfold. (laughs) Yeah. And then as it slowed down and we realized we had no hope of getting this bird out of her mouth. No, it was already like halfway down her mouth when we were trying to rip her mouth open. But yeah, I look over at Bryn and she makes eye contact with me. As a mid-gag. I like her eyes roll back (laughs) As she's about to puke and she looks at me, I was like, what do I do? I literally, you you kind of got me to stop gagging though because I started <laughs> laughing then because we just made eye contact when I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's really, the story. That's the story. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We thought it was funny. <laughs> so, this it's is our still podcast. fresh on our minds. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm Bryn. I'm Kelsey. And welcome. Welcome back, guys. Mm-hmm. So, so. <laughs> today, we're going to be first reviewing Jack Daniel's coffee. I actually, before we start with the coffee review, yeah, I just realized the other day that we've never officially told, I mean, most people who are listening know probably us. know us, but we've never officially told the people who don't know us oh, yeah. how we know each other. True. <laughs> Brent's my sister-in-law. Yeah. We're they, we're sisters, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's how we know each other. That's the story. That's the story. Yeah, Carson is my fiance, and Carson is Brynn's sister. He's my sister. Brother. <laughs> Sorry, Carson. <laughs> Carson's my brother. Yeah, that's how we know each other. Shout out to mom for 
being the one to brew us the coffee most of the time. Yeah, it comes down to recording and we're like, can you please put on the percolator and make us our coffee? She's like, okay, sure. Yeah. She's really great about it. Shout out. She's really good at making coffee. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to give her a quick shout out because I don't think we ever talked about mom on here yet. No, we haven't. Yeah. But now we did. And And there you go. And that's it. Okay, so going back to coffee. Yes. Our, well, my brother slash Kelsey's brother-in-law. Yes. His girlfriend, Sarah, who's the sweetest. She's so sweet for doing this. Yes, she got us today's coffee. Yeah. And the coffee review we're doing today is actually Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey Coffee. Yeah. Which. Pretty cool. I'm a hardcore JD girl. Right, and that's why she bought it, because she knows how much Bryn loves Jack Daniels, and it was just a really sweet thing to do. Yeah. So nice of her. Love she you, got Sarah. it at a local. Yeah, <laughs> she got it at a local farm that's like close to her house that sells them. But it was really sweet of her. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. So I'm just gonna read a little bit of information on their site, like a little blurb, mm-hmm. and then we can get into describing, like we always do, what we think of the coffee, how it tastes to us, and all that. Yeah. So today's coffee, as we said, was Jack Daniel's Tennessee Whiskey Coffee. They have it on their site as the best tasting gourmet coffee infused with authentic Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. And they say our unique blend of gourmet coffee is 100% I always mess up this word. Arabica? I don't. Arabica? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Don't come to me for pronunciations cuz <laughs> Arabica? The worst. I don't know. Arabica, Arabica. I don't know. Infused with authentic Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey and roasted medium to provide a full-bodied, rich flavor. The distinct caramel and vanilla notes of Jack Daniels Old Number 7 Tennessee whiskey are evident in each sip. And that's basically, like, the little blurb they have. And it comes in really cute packaging. She actually got us, like, a tumbler can. And it has Jack Daniel's logo on the front of it, and it says um, Tennessee Whiskey Coffee underneath. Yeah. We'll be posting a picture of that so you guys can see. It's basically like the JD bottle, but in can form. It's really cute. Yeah. It's really cute. So, how do you want to describe your sip? You can go first. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. First, I'm going to start off with a smell. Because it literally smells like Jack Daniels. Yeah. Not not full-blown Jack Daniels. No. But you could tell there's Jack Daniels in the coffee. Yeah. I think... I don't even know how to describe this one. This one's hard. I like it. I think that you can definitely taste a little bit of the Jack Daniels at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, right at the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. And it's not bitter, but it's almost like... I don't know how to describe it. It's that wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, Jack Daniels. (laughs) Exactly. And I think part of my problem might be that I drank Jack Daniels this weekend and got a little too drunk on it, so this is probably not sitting well with me, but I really do like the beginning of it. I feel like it's, like, warm and you can, I don't know, it almost tastes like you did pour Jack Daniels into it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is it tastes like if you were to make a cup of coffee and pour, like, a shot of Jack Daniels in it. Yeah. Without the alcohol yeah. content. <laughs> not, I mean, it's infused with it, but not enough to get drunk. I tried looking right. it up. And so if you're trying to go to your son's football game and bring this to get drunk, you have to bring your own Jack Daniels and on like, top of it. And like pour it, it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was going to say also is 
I definitely do taste a little, like, note of vanilla. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the slightest bit, but I do taste it. And then I'm kind of on the border with it. Like, I I love Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. But this isn't my favorite coffee I've ever had. Yeah. But I do like it. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite, but it's also, like, a good, different coffee. If you're looking for something different, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, the only downfall, I would say, is the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit bitter to mm-hmm. me. But yeah. it is delicious while drinking it. Yeah. So any of you... And if you put Jack Daniels in it, I'm sure it would even be better. Yes. As you sip and sip and Yeah. Sip. <laughs> so any of you other JD fans out there, you might want to try it. Yeah. And you can actually go onto their website, jackdanielscoffee.com, and that's where you can buy uh, all of their products that they have on there. I There's think- also stores all over the place. There's some in Alabama, Arizona... All over. Yeah, I don't think they had too many options flavor-wise. Yeah, no. It's uh, but it's just the regular, the decaf, uh, like, and whole bean and ground. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for giving us this coffee. Yeah, Means thank a lot you, to us. Sarah. Thumbs up on the coffee. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. So are we ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Okay, so who wants to start today? Oh... So, heads up, guys. (laughs) We're doing spooky places again. Numero dos. Yeah. We got some good feedback on our Haunted Places episode, so we're doing it again. Mm Mm-hmm. To kind of break up the sad... The true crime. (laughs) Sad cases. Yeah. Well, also... We enjoyed doing that. Yeah. So. I think it's really fun for us not knowing each other's cases going into it. <laughs> yeah. And then we're, like, both shocked at what comes out of it. I know. When we were, we were, now we do documents. We were writing in our documents last night and we were both like, don't read mine. Don't yeah. read mine. I was like, no, wait. I want to be really surprised. I'm not even going to look. Yeah. I was like, Kels, tell me what you're doing so I make sure I'm not doing the same place, but I'm don't not going to look. Gonna look. <laughs> yeah. Um... I started Haunted Places last time, so you can start. Okay. So I'm trying to think of which one I want to start with. We'll do this one. This one's a little bit more detailed, but I think you're really going to like it. Okay, I'm going to sit back and relax. Okay. So, (laughs) this haunted place is called the King's Tavern. Ooh, can I get a blanket to wrap myself up in? Yeah. This is, like, fun for us. I'm, like, really excited about this. <laughs> me too. Hold on. Let me take my shoes off and get comfy. Get cozy. Take those docks off. <laughs> okay. okay. So, I'm going to start off with the background of the King's Tavern and kind of where it started as a building. Okay. So, it was built in 1769. So, this is a really old building. It's over 230 years old, and it's a tavern now that's still in use. Ooh. Yeah, but it wasn't originally a tavern. Okay. So it's located at 619 Jefferson Street in Natchez, Mississippi. I hope I'm saying that right. I was asking Carson last night how to say it, and he's like, I think it's nachos. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, definitely not nachos. Do that. Do that. <laughs> it's not nachos. <laughs> Meanwhile, if there's people listening, they're like, it's you na- fucking idiot. <laughs> it's not nachos. It's nachos. Okay. Be original, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So it was originally built as a blockhouse. And actually, a blockhouse is a one-story timber building used as, like, a fort. Um, And it was used for Fort Panamere. Panmere. So this was, like, a a really, really, really long time ago. Mm -hmm. 
So it was built from scraps of sailing ships that were brought to the town via mules because that's how they had to bring the wood there. Oh my god. Yeah. It was also built from old flat river boats that were sold after arriving to Natchez um, coming up the Ohio and Mississippi rivers. Uh So basically once they got up the rivers with these flatbed boats, they couldn't get back down the river. Or opposite way, they when they came down, they couldn't get back up. So they, like, utilized it for something else? Yeah, so they oh had to God. leave them there. And that's why this town was such a big hub for, like, sailors and traders and merchants at the time. So they left um, parts of the ships there, and that's how they built this blockhouse. Oh, my God, that was probably so cool looking. Yeah. So after the Revolutionary War in 1789, a man named Richard King moved him and his family from New York and they actually bought the blockhouse, and they decided to transform it into a tavern and inn where mail could be used, uh, mail could be dropped off and picked up. So it was like a hub of the town. Mm-hmm. Him and his family moved in there. They like redid the whole thing, and it was a very popular part of this town. So I'm gonna kind of go away from the history of the place and talk about these two men called the Hart Brothers. H A R P E Harp. So, the Hart brothers made their way into the town of Natchez during this time. I'm probably going to say this wrong, but the older brother's name was Micaiah, Micaiah, and the younger brother's name was Wiley Harp. And basically, they were, like, really bad people of this town. They robbed a bunch of people in the area. And not only did they rob people, but they tortured and mutilated victims before killing them. Oh, my God. For fun. Fucking sadists. Yeah. They were crazy, and they were very feared during this time of, like, all these people in this town. So entire families were killed by them in the states of Mississippi, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Um, These two men were the first people that were labeled serial killers in the United States. Holy shit. I'm surprised that I've never heard of them before. Yeah, they were really fucked up people. Oh, my God. They often kidnapped people, including their wives, quote-unquote wives, They raped their wives and often beat them, which is fucking terrible. And both both of the wives actually became pregnant at one point, and they had babies, and they killed their babies. What the fuck? These two were, like, completely heartless, like, cold-hearted people. Like, straight-up psychopaths? Yeah. How do you... How do you do that to not only your wives, but your own children? I have no idea. It was horrible. Ew. Oh my god. I'm, like, disturbed. Okay. Keep going. So, both of these wives eventually ended up dead or missing, and they kind of just moved on and got new wives. Yeah. Ew. They were disgusting. How did they... How did these two brothers both turn out like that? I don't know. Like, that's, like... Like, horrible, horrible people. And that fucked up. It gets even worse. Oh god, no. So... The Hart brothers ended up joining a gang at the time called the Tory Rape Gang, and together they raped and murdered, like, a ton of people in the town. And their calling card, oh my god, I even debated saying this, but I feel like we have to because this is kind of our podcast. Yeah. Their calling card was to cut open the bodies that they had killed and fill them with rocks to put them in the water to shut the the bodies. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Ew, that is so beyond disturbing. Yeah. So, the father of one of the wives that was previously kidnapped tracked down the Hart brothers, badass father, like, amazing, and he shot the older brother off of his horse, but purposely didn't kill him, 
because he kind of wanted him to go through what... Good. Did he fill him with rocks? Um, no. Oh. But he did decapitate him. Oh, he should have filled him with rocks. I know. But he decapitated him and then put his head on a stake at the entrance of the town. Oh, my God. To be to like... To, like, warn people. Yeah. Like, don't oh fucking mess with me. Yeah. Holy crap. Right. You can only hope that, like, if a situation like that happened, that that a man like that was your dad. I know, right? Like, like this was my fucking dad yeah. that decapitated a man and put his head on a stake. And to this day, that road For is like, still called Harpheads Road. How crazy. Oh, my God. For, yeah. like, redemption for his daughter, though. That's... Yeah. Sickly beautiful. I know. So, the younger brother escaped this happening to him, um, but he didn't escape for too long. He eventually joined up with a guy named James May, and they joined the Sam Mason gang. So, gangs were, like, huge during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The gang killed a lot of people and left notes in the woods written in victims' blood saying, done by Mason of the woods. So, like, he was just really fucked up, both of these people. Ugh. Yeah. This is Wiley? This is Wiley, yeah, the younger brother. There was a bounty out for the leader of the gang, Mm -hmm. Sam Mason. So Wiley and this man named James May decided that they were going to, you know, betray their leader and that they were going to kill him. So they, they killed him and they presented his head to the governor of the town like, here, I want to collect my bounty. Ew. Yeah, of $2,000, which was a lot of money back then. And somebody recognized them as, like, Wiley. Like, as the gang. Yeah, exactly. And they were, like, immediately arrested and they were executed by hanging in 1804. Oh, my God. So that's just the background of why this place is probably so fucked up. Well, yeah, that's, like, a lot of bad energy and a lot of trauma and, like, horrific crime. Yes. So, after the Hart brothers died, this was kind of the end to the gang activity of the town, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. The tavern was was sold shortly after because of the invention of a steamboat. So, it basically made the town of Neches like, unuseful because they could act, steamboats could come down the river and back up without having to stop there. Mm-hmm. So it was sold to a family that then turned it into a tavern and a residence in 1817. So the residence stayed in the family for 150 years. So that's how long that this family had this, ha- this tavern that they transformed into a house for. Wow. And then in 1973, it was sold again and changed back to the name of the King's Tavern. And it reopened in 2013 as the tavern. And they use it as, like, um, a restaurant and an inn. And there's they have, like, a farm-to-table concept. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you can actually go there today. I forgot to mention earlier that the Hart Brothers used to stay at the inn all the time. Please don't tell me that they haunt that place. Because who the fuck wants to go there with sadist ghosts? It gets, it's, it's so fucking crazy. It gets so weirder. So much more weird. So they used to go and stay at the inn after they robbed all the people in the town and they would spend like all their money there. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually a little nervous because I would not want to go there. Spirit like that around me. Yeah. Well, there's more spirits that go there. Evil? Evil? Some. Oh, God. Some evil. Some not so evil. Okay. 
So the tragedies um, that haunt the tavern. So this is kind of the things of, that happened. And this is why the tavern is now haunted, they believe. So one night in the tavern, the older brother, known as Big Harp or Makaj, I'm probably saying his name wrong, was staying there in the attic. And there was also a woman staying there with a newborn infant. Oh, no. The woman tried to quiet her baby all night, but it continued to cry, and basically he couldn't stand it, so he went into the room and just flat out just killed the baby. That had no fucking soul, so... Yeah. Oh my god. So people say that today they, they report hearing the crying baby and the mother in the attic. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have chills. I know. Oh. Another reason why the tavern is haunted is because Richard King, who is the first owner of mm-hmm. the tavern, who kind of made a lot of money off of the tavern, he hired a 16-year-old girl to work as a server there. Her name was Madeline. She was engaged at the time, and he was married at the time. Okay. But they ended up having an affair, and Mrs. King found out about it, and magically Madeline went missing soon after. Oh my god, she's definitely buried in that place somewhere. 100%. Just fucking wait. 100%. She's buried. She's buried in the basement. So. She, they poured, she poured, well, what, no, it wouldn't be cement back then. Dude, you're she, fucking psychic. She, shut I know, up. I know. Shut up. Stop talking. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I know I am. <laughs> Literally, I think Bryn knows what I'm about to say before I say it, because she just, like, gets the feeling. Well, maybe Madeline's... She's coming to you. Coming to me right now. So, flash forward to 1930-ish. Oh, God. And so, the house was having renovations done during the time that that family owned it. And... They dug the floor up? While repairing the fireplace... Oh, God. Three bodies were found cemented into the walls of the fireplace. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Not funny. Was it Madeline... So they think it was one, it was the skeleton of one young girl and two men. Shut up. Yeah. So Wait. they're thinking that it's Madeline and possibly the Hart brothers. But it really, to me, wouldn't make sense because the Hart brothers are both. No, I feel like, this is my feeling that I'm okay. getting. I feel like either one of the, like the Hart, bro- the Hart brothers, mm-hmm. since they were so fucked up. No, but that wouldn't make sense with them because they, like, did other things with their victims. So, Mm -hmm. I feel like the woman, Mrs. King, was a serial killer in her own right. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors that are thinking that... So, it says the two men, the two male bodies are unknown, but rumored to basically be people that pissed off her, Mrs. King. Like, servants or... Yeah, she did it. Yeah. She fucking did it. And hid them. And but the, wait. And the fact that they're all in the same place, it was the same person who put them there. Right. And cemented And if one was Madeline, else. it was Mrs. King. I know. That fucking little bitch. She murdered the mistress oh, of her husband. my God. And cemented her into a fireplace. It's not funny. I just laugh because I feel what awkward. What a cray cray. Yeah. So in another fireplace in a different room that they were, like, fixing mm-hmm. up. They found a jeweled dagger that was assumed to be the murder weapon. That's what she killed them with, I was just going to say. It was like a, like a Spanish-type dagger with, like, jewels all over Why it. Why was her go-to thing a fireplace, though, I wonder? I don't know. No, that but, was definitely her. Yeah. 
So now you'll now I'll get into like the stories, more stories of what people say that happens today because of all of that shit that happened in yeah, the tavern. Yeah, like bad energy. Wow. So the fireplace will randomly get hot as if there's literally a fire burning in it, but it's not working anymore. Like they don't do anything in it. It's, it's the just flames there. from hell. It's just there for decoration. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God. Madeline's like, why the fuck did you put me in here? Oh my God. Madeline will appear to patrons in the tavern and it's also her thing. This freaks me the fuck out to walk on wet floors as they're being Ew, mopped, but her feet friends. are walking towards the person that's mopping no, the floor. No, no, Imagine mopping and I'm you start to see fucking wet footprints walking towards you. No, ew. I would throw up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would drop the mop and be like, I'm fucking out of here. You can't pay me enough to work here. Oh my God. She also is said to knock jars off the shelf and open doors, and some of the doors that she opens are, like, extremely hard to open because the building is so old. So, like... She has a lot of, like, a lot of strength to do yeah. that. Yeah, so they're, like, sometimes they're, like, we couldn't even open these doors, and, like, they'll walk in the room and the door will be open. Yeah. She, I mean, I don't blame the girl if she was murdered. Like, right? Like... And she's, like, now I'm gonna haunt the place that everybody yeah. comes and has fun at. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, she'll turn the lights on, she'll turn the, like, the sink faucets on and off, and she rocks the rocking chairs in the place, which just gives me the fucking chills. I just got the chills. People say at night, oh my god. Stop. So, this is still an inn, like, you could stay there if you're fucking crazy enough. And people say at night, like, while they're laying in bed and, like, they roll over or something, they feel, like, warm spots in the bed as if someone was just, like, sitting Mm. in the bed. No, thank you. People say they see her, a young, old-fashioned woman in, like, old-fashioned clothes walking Mm -hmm. around. And they say that her face appears in windows and mirrors as, like, you walk through the place. (laughs) Yeah. She was beautiful, apparently. There's pictures. I'll post the pictures of inside the tavern and I I don't know if it was the present day owner trying to recreate what she may have looked like, but there's pictures all over the inside of the place of like an old fashioned woman. And but that's creepy as fuck. I know. Like I'm sorry, you could be the prettiest thing, you could be but why, the scariest yeah. looking thing. Why would you? Why have are pictures? there old fashioned pictures? And if you your face pops up in a mirror, yeah, regardless, I'm gonna I'm be out. fucking screaming. Yeah. I'm out. Ew. There's actually a ghost hunters episode of, and I I'll post the link to the clip. I couldn't find the whole video. It's like a five minute clip of them going inside and doing what they call like a lockdown, and they basically just have like these monitors that try to like. Um, have like, spirits come through and talk to the, them. Yeah. And at one point they say, and I would insert the clip here, but like it's so hard to hear. They have um, like subtitle. like captions yeah. that you have to to see with it to hear it. Yeah. But it says they say who was killed with a dagger in this building, and it says and something says Madeline. Yeah. Oh, I have the chills. I no. Know. And then something else. Um. Oh my god, this one freaked me out. Like, they got mad at somebody for being in a room or something, and something says, we'll get ya. Yeah. Ew. I know. Ew, hopefully an entity, and like a dark entity didn't attach themselves. Well, one of the, like, ghost hunters that was in the building doing this thing said that, 
like on camera he got really weird all of a sudden and like started like messing with like one of the camera guys and the camera guy's like dude don't fucking touch my camera and like like what are you doing like why are you coming at me like this ew he was like he goes i feel it i feel it inside of me i feel the spirit inside ew he was like possessed ew and like he was being really fucking weird the whole time and it just really creeped me out like, I, I think like he was being possessed. Yeah, I don't like that. So there's also a voice recording somewhere that I don't, I couldn't find anywhere. Maybe someone else can find it and send it to me, um, of Madeline's voice being recorded. <sighs> I have the chills. I know. And there's also another entity that's commonly photographed in the place, and it's of a tall man wearing a black jacket and a top hat. He's apparently, like, a really bad entity. Like, he's mad all the time. And he appears in pictures standing in front of the fireplace where the bodies were found. Did you ever see a picture of Mr. King? Mm-mm. Could it be him? It could be. Maybe he was pissed because his wife murdered. In front murdered. of the fireplace? Yeah. 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 Maybe he knew about it and, like, yeah. how to keep that. And they say that, like, when people see the t- this tall man, this tall entity, their chest and um, their throats start to get really tight and, like, Ugh. they can't breathe. Yeah. Stop! Like, the whole thing just freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. So, those are stories of, like, things that happen now, and people, you can go there and literally just, like, have a fucking dinner, and apparently their food's really good. I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Very like, enticing. I kind of want to go, but also at the same time, like, I that scares the shit. It that's, that's seems, old. like, malevolent, though. Like, it seems like it's not... It's fun to go to places when you know that they're... Like, kids. Yeah, or, or they're, like... Well, not kids. kids <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you know that they're, like, jokesters, or they're, like... They're people that have passed that are just hanging around or randomly come and visit, or they're kind spirits, not... Yeah. Like, that all seems very deep and dark and... Fucked up. Malicious, Yeah. It's actually, like, a protected building in this town because it's so old. And this is the sign that's outside of their uh, building. It says, oldest building in Natchez, standing before 1789, operated as a tavern, stage stop, and mail station at the end of the Natchez Trace, now owned and restored by the Pilgrimage Garden Club of Natchez. And that was by the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. Mm. So, just a really fucking scary place, and a lot of people go there. There's a lot of Ghost Hunter episodes about it. So, check it out if you're really weird. (laughs) Well, also, if you don't mind being possessed. (laughs) Honestly, like, you need to watch the clip that is in that video, because he, like, he freaked out the guy that he was with. If that's, unless he was just being a dick, but, like, if that. I feel like when you're in places, like when we watched Psychic Kids, Mm -hmm. they kind of explained it in that. Like, if you're in a place where possession can happen, that's a very dark entity. That's not a spirit. That's not, that was never human. human. Mm -mm. Possession happens with something not human. Yeah. That's scary. scary. And I think that's what's in that building. No, I don't like that. Along with Madeline. Well, if there was, think about it, if there were three serial killers that were present in that building... At one point. At one point, and crimes happened, like, that's a very 
deeply like saturated with dark yeah place. and i tried to find more information about the family that had lived there and passed the house down for over 150 years but no. there was like nothing on them i wonder if there's more about mrs king because obviously she was a serial killer definitely she definitely killed at least madeline crazy woman woman's it's like that show on id woman scorned or something i would say she's a little more than scorned (laughs) she's fucking crazy woman fucking off the deep end (laughs) so that's my first woman woman with her jeweled dagger like where did you get the jeweled dagger and apparently it's missing now ew yeah i'm i i have no idea Whenever they were restoring it in 1930, that's when they found it. But since then, it's, like, gone. Oh. I don't like that. Allegedly. I don't like that. Let's just say allegedly. Allegedly, this whole story. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Ew. Creepy. That was really creepy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess I'll start with your... Are you done? Yes. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll start with my longer one. I'm sorry, people. (laughs) (laughs) This one's really long. I got really into it because basically I'm going to be talking about something, but in order for you to understand this place, I need to go into detail about the entire story behind it, if that makes sense. So bear with me. This is your typical episode in one in one thing. I'm ready. No, not really. But okay, so I'm going to be talking about the Bell Witch Cave. Oh. So, have you ever heard about the Bell Witch? No. Okay. So, first, I'm going to be talking about the Bell Witch in order to understand what the Bell Witch Cave is. For a person that loves true crime so much, I don't know shit. And if I do, I probably just forgot about it and I've heard about it like five years ago or something. Okay. Bell Witch Cave. Got it. Yeah. So, this story first, I'm going to start with the background. It was the early 1800s. It was around 1804-ish. I read in some articles. A man named John Bell moved from North Carolina to Robertson County, Tennessee. So this is taking place in Tennessee. Okay. And the community was named Red River at the time, but years later it became known as Adams, Tennessee. So that's what it's known as now. Okay. Is Adams, Tennessee. And this man, John Bell, moved with his family, and he had a wife and three children at the time of his move. So, his wife's name was Lucy, and he had a daughter, Elizabeth, and they called her Betsy. So, if you hear Betsy, we're talking about Elizabeth. Yeah. He only had one daughter, I believe, from what I could find. Okay. Um, She was born in 1806, and then Richard was born in 1811, and Joel was born in 1813. And then, at some point, there was also a Drew and John Jr. that were born, but I couldn't really find that much about them they just randomly were mentioned in the story so i was like okay i guess he had more kids (laughs) (laughs) unmentioned yeah so basically he purchased land and a large house for the family he was a farmer so he wanted to make sure to support his family with land that they could make like an income on so he kept buying and buying and buying more land over the years and he eventually acquired about 328 acres of land. So he had a lot of land, especially for back then. Yeah. Yeah. And he planted on this land. He had all different kinds of crops and stuff. And the land was really rich and, like, plentiful because it was along the Red River. Okay. So he was also an elder of the local Baptist church, and 
When they moved into this home, everything was really peaceful for the first 13 years of them living there. The first 13. Okay. (laughs) Lucky number 13. Okay. Okay. So, after those 13 years, really weird things started to happen. Of course. In 1817, John was inspecting one of his fields of corn, and he came across an animal, and it was sitting in between a row of corn, and the way he described it, it looked like a dog and a rabbit. Mixed. Interesting. So he said the head was like a rabbit, and the body was like a dog. Ew, okay. Which is just, like, really creepy. Ew, imagine a rabbit head with, like, dog legs. That's Yeah, disgusting. I don't like that. Me like, a little rabbit head with <laughs> a big dog like, body. long dog leg. Yeah. So, he shot at the animal several times, and then the animal vanished. Ew. Yeah, and he kind of didn't really think much about it for some reason. I don't know, like, if this was a norm for him, but... <laughs> I would go home and be like, yo. <laughs> yeah, but later that night... Other things started to happen, and then that's when he started to think more about it, like, wait, is this connected to what I saw today? So, that night, the family heard strange sounds on the walls of the house. So, they were inside the house, and it sounded like someone was beating the outside of the house. Ew. Yeah. And the sounds continued and got louder each night. So, it might have started off, like, a little... Yeah, and then it got really loud. It was the horse rabbit or dog Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, John Bell and the boys would try to run outside to catch a person doing this because they're like, this has to be a person, like, fucking with us, basically. Yeah. And they could never catch anyone. They would run out there and there wouldn't be anything. Ew. Yeah. So, for a few weeks followed, and during these weeks, the children would wake up scared because they thought rats were gnawing on the posts of their bed. That's the sounds that would be happening at the ends of their bed. Ew. Yeah. Or they complained that their covers were being pulled off of them. Nope. I'm out. (laughs) Anytime covers are pulled off, see ya. Story ended. (laughs) That's it, guys. (laughs) Um, Their pillows would be thrown to the floor from what they described, like, they referred to it as an invisible spirit at this point because obviously, like, they couldn't see anything doing this. Yeah. And sounds of chains being drug, like, like sounds of trains chains dragging through the house. What? Yeah, they like heard, a person like chained up. Like if they were chained up. I don't know. Like, <gasps> yeah. Ew. They were just like it sounds like chains are being dragged through the house. Oh my god. And stones being dropped on the wooden floors. Ew. And gulping and choking noises. What the fuck? They heard. This Which I think that would really scare me. Like, imagine, like, just hearing, like... Like, laying in bed. <laughs> someone's drinking next to you. Yeah, like, nonchalantly. Sorry, did you choke on your water over there? Like, it's weird. <laughs> so, time went on, and the family... Eventually, all these noises started to evolve into something else. They started hearing whispering voices. Ugh. The entire family. So, it wasn't just, like, one person going one person crazy. was not schizophrenic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The voices were really faint at first, so they couldn't make out what was said. And they said it sounded like an older woman an older woman who was singing hymns. Ew. <laughs> That's terrifying. For some reason, okay, I'm not a religious person, but I grew up Catholic. If I heard like I feel like church stuff just makes Christ it even creepier. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, that makes it even weirder to me. Yeah. I don't like that. So, 
The more time that passed, the more things began to escalate. Betsy was really highly affected by the entity or the spirit, oh, whatever no. you want to call it. How old was she? Uh, like younger. At this time, I'm not quite sure, but we'll get into her later on. I'm okay. thinking she was a teenager at this point. Okay. So, the entity would pull Betsy's hair and slap her over and over. Dude. Yeah. She would have handprints and welts on her body and face. She was basically beaten by whatever this oh was. Oh my god, I have the chills. Isn't that disturbing? Ew. Like, whatever, it crosses that level. Yeah. And that's a strong... That's really Freaking energy to be able to do that, Yeah. And she was pinched, scratched, and stuck with pins, <gasps> which kind of reminded me of, like, Salem Witch Trials. Yeah. But it was happening to the entire family, and as we get more into it, you'll see that other people were seeing it as well, so this wasn't Just something like a that, little girl. Yeah, it wasn't a little girl, like, making stuff up or oh going through some kind of mental illness. Yeah. Wow. So, John had told his family to keep these happenings a secret, I guess, he was probably, like, either embarrassed by it or thought people would think they were crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like, excommunicate them or Yeah, something. because they were religious and he was part of the Baptist community. Right. So, over a year had passed and they finally shared with a family friend and he was actually their neighbor. His name was James Johnston. And James and his wife decided to spend the night in the home with the family to see if it would happen while they were there. Oh, no. And they experienced all of the same things. Oh, no. Yeah. So, after this, the voice became stronger. Ooh. Probably because more people were brought into the picture. Yeah, they were probably pissed. Like, oh, Or they were, like, feeding off of more energy. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, you could actually hear it, like, fully. It would sing hymns and have conversations. Ew. Yeah. Ew. What did it say? Yeah. You'll hear. Ew. Um, the thing that I was thinking, though, during this, I'm like, so was it just, like, this loud voice talking randomly? Or was it coming through people? Like, I don't get Ew, it. that was I don't get it. Like, more. if the mom was just like, hey. hey. Christ. <laughs> and, like, oh, Gloria. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I don't know. I like, mom, so, what the fuck? Um, James Johnston, I, I, it's so weird too, in some articles he was referred to as James Johnston, mm. and some was James John, James Johnson. Oh, probably so, just like a, yeah, I don't what, know. What do you call that? Whatever, overtime. Yeah, whatever. yeah. So, he suggested that more people should be told, and a committee was actually formed, and an investigation started. Wow, well that's good. Yeah. At least they weren't like, he was yeah. like a, yeah, he was crazy. probably like, you need some serious help in this house. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, people began coming from miles around to hear and witness this unseen force. Mm. And, sadly, as this happened, it gained more and more strength. Yeah, I bet. To the time, like, to the point where it now had a full voice. <gasps> like, it wasn't just singing songs oh, in the background. It wasn't no. randomly having conversations. It was, like, speaking out no, loud to people. No, no, Yeah. And when people would ask who or what it was, because obviously you, if something's talking, you want to be like, who are you? Mm -hmm. It would give different identities. What? Yeah. So once it stated that it was the witch of a neighbor woman named Kate Batts, and this is what many people believed, and from then on, this unseen force was called Kate, 
or the Bell Witch or the Bell's Witch, since it was in the Bell's house. Oh, okay. So that's why it's referred to as the Bell Witch or the Bell's Witch, but also it's referred to as Kate. Ew. <laughs> yeah, so they, like, gave it a full name. I feel like it's so rare, though, for entities to come out and, like, have a full-on voice like that um, for everybody to she hear. She says a lot more, and Ugh. it's really weird, and uh, I don't know, I'll talk more about what I was thinking at the end, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so weird. Ew. So, according to the legend, she was, quote, able to speak, affect the physical environment, and shapeshift. <gasps> I don't like that. Some accounts record the spirit also to have been clairvoyant and capable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed and or of being more of being in more than one place at a time. Oh. And that was a quote from Wikipedia. Oh my god. Yeah. And, like, they, there was one story, I didn't write it down, of basically her verifying two things that happened in two different locations in the world, and they, like, checked on it, and it happened. Oh my god. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's definitely not human. No. Like, that's just... like it could be in two places at one time. Ugh. Yeah. Ew. So, John and Richard Bell, Richard was the son, mm-hmm. ended up fighting in the Battle of New Orleans under um, General Andrew Jackson, which okay. you've heard about in history class. Yes. And in 1819, Jackson actually visited the farm <gasps> to see what the hype was about. What? Yeah, Andrew Jackson, with some of his men, a wagon, and his horses. He was like, let me check this shit out. Yeah, he's like, oh, I served with this guy, now let me see what this is all about. He's like, I <laughs> Was like, he crazy? <laughs> was he not? He's like, I really like true crime and <laughs> creepy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, they got to the property, and when they got there, this is so weird, as they're pulling onto the property, all of a sudden, his wagon would not go any further, and the horses couldn't even pull it. What? The horses were, like, walking in place trying to pull it, and they couldn't move the wagon. Ew. Yeah. So... As this happened, a female voice told Andrew Jackson that he could continue, but she would see him later that night. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Did he come out and say that later? Yeah, well, there, I have a quote from him, too. Just wait. So, one of the men in Andrew Jackson's, like, party that he came with mm-hmm. um, claimed he could tame the witch, and he said the silver bullet <laughs> in his pistol would kill evil spirits. Oh, honey. <laughs> No. He learned. <laughs> Gotta to learn today. The man began, right after he says this, the man began jerking and said, not jerking off, jerking. <laughs> no. Jerking. And he said that he was being beaten and stuck with pins. Yeah. So it's the same thing that happened to uh, Betsy. <sighs> that entity was like... Yeah, you can't fucking shoot me. <laughs> She's like, you're going to shoot me with a silver silver bullet, honey? Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, jolts him. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, he then said he had been kicked with a foot in his groin area. <laughs> and he ran out of the door. And he did not go back in the house. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. And the entity, the entity said this man was a fake. Because basically she was like, no, he can't kill me with his fucking silver bullets. He's yeah. full of shit. And there was another fake that would be tormented the next evening. Oh my god. And this all bitch the is men crazy. Yeah, she is crazy. All the men wanted to leave. And Andrew Jackson wanted them to stay to know who the phony was. He's <laughs> like, no, she's gonna call you out. Yeah, she's like, no, I wanna see which one of you is gonna be kicked in the groin next. 
Because you, me. you were out of my party <laughs> at that point. Yeah. You're walking home. Yeah. So here's a quote from Andrew Jackson. <laughs> quote, By the eternal, I saw nothing, but I heard enough to convince me that I'd rather fight the British than deal with this torment they call the Bell Witch. Ew. So he was freaked out yeah. by this thing. He was like, holy shit. Yeah. So moving forward... Betsy grew older and ended up meeting a man named Joshua Gardner, and they decided to get married. And Betsy and her fiancé could not go to the field, cave, or river without being taunted by the entity. Wait, there's a cave? Are you going to talk about The that? Bell Witch Cave? Oh, That's the cave. That's what the whole thing's about! Right, right, right. But, like, is there, like, an actual That's cave? what the whole thing's about! You said the title earlier. <laughs> it's, like, an actual... We haven't gotten yes, to Yes, it's actually yet. horrifying looking. Okay. I'll post pictures. It's... I would not go in that thing. Okay. Like, no way in freaking hell. So, Bessie's like, we can't go there. Yeah, so basically, anywhere they she went with her fiancé on the property, they were, like, tormented by this thing. Ew. The entity did not want her with this guy, for whatever reason. Well, I'm sorry, but she didn't really have a choice. Like, yeah. Well. Ugh. They, they were bothered so much by her that... Easter Monday, March 1821, Betsy met Joshua at the river and broke off their engagement. Because of the Bell Witch? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Because they, like, literally could not have a normal life together. But, like, even if they were outside of those areas, she would still be, like, mean to them? No. But I guess, like, they were on the property she a lot. She was, like, scared. Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. And okay. after that, disturbances from the entity slowed down. Oh, my God. She's so, like, you listen to me or else. Yeah. So, that was in 1821, and I'm going to rewind a little bit back to 1820, because okay. there were definitely two reason, two main reasons this entity was around, and it was to break off the engagement, and it was also because of this. Mm. So, John Bell, which was the father of the Bell family, received the worst of it from the entity. Ugh. Um. Eventually, he had issues with twitching and jerking of the face and swallowing for a whole year. Oh. Yeah. He began suffering from spells of swelling of the throat and often had the feeling of a stick being stuck sideways in his throat. And... Oh, my God. Yeah. I just remembered something. What? What? I had a patient come in one time telling me that, and we couldn't find anything wrong with him. He literally I if he said, was a distant relative of the Bell family. He literally fucking said to me, I feel like I can, like he was not like he was having trouble breathing. Mm-hmm. We did everything that we could to test him and he's like something I'm like I'm possessed with something like something is I oh there's a stick in my throat. No. Like, I, if he said it feels like there's a stick in his throat. I wonder if there he's was like, like an entity. Oh my god. Ew. And that's why it's not that just explained. reminded me. Ew. Okay. So Kate, or the Bell Witch, would blast him with curses and hideous threats during these spells, like, during when he had this happening, Mm -hmm. and it got worse and worse as time went on, and in 18, by 1820, he was confined to his home. (gasps) Yeah. And the entity would remove his shoes when he was trying to walk. Like, as he was trying to walk, she'd pull his shoes off. This bitch is crazy. Yeah. And she would slap his face if he had a seizure. Oh my god, what? Yeah. Like, it's so powerful. And she just really didn't like him for some reason, which is just odd how she kind of came out of nowhere and then just had it out for this family. 
And throughout all this, she taunted him. On December 20th, 1820, John slipped into a coma, Mm. and the previous day, or he slipped into a coma and then died that morning. (gasps) Yeah. So, the family ended up finding a small vial of liquid by his bed after he died, and the son gave some of this liquid to a cat, like, to see, like, what would happen, and it died instantly. She poisoned him. But how? She's a witch. It's, like, disturbing. A ghost witch. Oh, my God. That is literally terrifying that it was so, like, tangible. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if she was slowly poisoning him and that's why he was having all these effects happening to him. Or if this was, like, a one-time, like, a one-and-done Or he was like, I can't take this anymore and somehow got a hold of something. Yeah. (gasps) Oh, my God. Well, the entity claimed that she gave him the dose that killed him. Oh, my God. She's like, I gave him the dose. (laughs) If she were to talk, which she did, that's what she would sound like. Yeah. So, at John's funeral, the family began to leave the graveyard and the entity would laugh extremely loud and would sing a song. Ugh. And she sang a breath. She sang. I was cracking up when I read this. She's gonna come. She sang about Brandy. Who's Brandy? Brandy. She's a fuck. No, she sang about the drink. Like I guess that was her drink of choice. Oh my god. This bitch loved Brandy. Oh my god. I feel like she's gonna like calm now. I'm scared. I know. I was like, I had a pause when I was researching this because I'm like, this this woman is too much. And she can like come in different places. Oh my god, I'm terrified. So the singing did not stop until the last person left the graveyard. Ew. Wait. So she's just the like, graveyard a was brandy, not brandy, <laughs> brandy. <laughs> the graveyard was not anywhere near the property, or it was. You know. It didn't say. Oh my god. Yeah. But after the funeral, the entity was almost non-existent <gasps> until the whole thing with She's like, the my engagement job was to do this and this, mm-hmm. and that was that. Oh my god! Yep. So in eighteen twenty one, the entity returned to visit John's widow Lucy, oh. and she told her that she would be back in seven years. Why? I don't know. Why you gotta come back? <laughs> But she returned in 1828, which was seven years later, and visited John Bell Jr. She talked to him Why about... Why the fuck is this family still living there? I don't know. Like, what is wrong with them? Get the fuck out. <laughs> For real, though. I'm angry. Um, she talked to John Bell Jr. about Christianity, the origin of life, and a spiritual... We- Ugh, I can't talk. A spiritual reawakening. No. She talked about the past, present, and future. She predicted the Civil War. She's breaking me off. She predicted the Civil War. Oh, my God. And several other events that actually ended up happening. What was this thing? I don't know. She said there was a reason for John Bell's death, but never said what the reason was. Which I'm very curious about. Are you going to circle back to the rabbit dog? Because I'm confused still about that. I don't know. That was just... Maybe that's how she like presented herself at first. Oh my god. Who knows? Okay. And then she left three weeks after and promised to visit the descendant of John Bell in 107 years. And that was the man that came to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What? Um, 107 <laughs> years later would have been 1935. So don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is there anything of, like, him? Well, I'll get to it in a okay. second. Okay, okay, So, some believe she never left the area at all due to the strange things that have occurred in and around the town of Adams and the Bell Witch Cave. 
Ah, there's the There game. it is. <laughs> In 1934, which would have been the year before 107 years later, yeah, Charles Bailey Bell, which is the grandson, the grandson. Why can't I talk? Grandson. <laughs> the char- Charles Bailey Bell, which was the grandson of John Bell Jr. Okay, he was a neurologist in Nashville. Wow. Published a book named The Bell Witch, A Mysterious Spirit. Okay, I have the full body chills right now because, like, I want to read that book now. I know. But I'm also terrified. I know. This, for some reason, really freaked me out, like, too. Like, he's such, like, an educated person and he's writing a book about something like this. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. But I'm wondering... I mean, I don't know if she really came to him because it was a year before when she said, but... He's the last person that really said anything from that family about, and it was like a year before when she was supposed to come back. I don't really know. But anyway, he wrote this story and in, or this book, and in this book, he writes of stories told to him by his great aunt Betsy later in life. So it's stories told by Betsy. Oh God. And it included another account of Andrew Jackson's visit and a story of a boy trapped in the Bell Witch Cave. No. Pulled out of the cave feet first by the Bell Witch. So it's really weird because the Bell Witch, she seems like malevolent, but then at the same time she randomly does nice things, which doesn't really make sense. Right. Like, I don't, what is it? Yeah. That's so, so weird. So a summary of that story, Betsy Bell and some of her friends had gone to explore the cave and one of the boys crawled into a hole and got stuck. A voice cried out, quote, I'll get him out. The boy felt hands grasping at his feet, and he was pulled out of the hole. And the bell witch, still invisible when she did this, then, like, lectured them on reckless cave exploration. Okay, I'm confused. I know. (laughs) What the fuck? I know. Why is she, like, nice? I don't get it. Unless, like, she was, it's not like she's, like, nice to, like, little kids. Like, she was mean to Betsy. Yeah, she, like, beat the shit out of her. Yeah. I don't know. It's very odd. And then this book also detailed a series of prophecies given to his ancestors in 1828 by the spirit, including the witch returning again in 1935. Okay, is there another returning coming while we're alive? I don't alive? know. Because I'm, I'm not going anywhere. It might have been the man that came to Near. you. Might have been that man. He might have been a distant relative. You never know. Honestly, like, he freaked me out and... Like, I think I was the only one that was on the level of, like, like he something is happening beyond, like, human. Yeah. Because well, he said he, that, like, distant relatives reached out to him and told him I wonder if that, it's like, the these things were, like, going to happen to him. And then they did. Oh. And everyone's like, he needs to go to, like, the psych, psych hospital. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm freaked out. Or maybe he's actually, like, telling the tr- like, being realistic and th- like, things are happening. Right. Who knows? Um, I promise, people, I'm almost at the end. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, many books have been written about the Bell Witch, and there have been movies, music, and plays based on her. Legend, the legend of the Bell Witch is still taught in schools in Tennessee, because it's such, like, a huge thing there. Why would they do that? Yeah. And kids in Tennessee grow up scared of the Bell Witch. They dare each other at sleepovers to say, quote, I hate the Bell Witch 100 (gasps) times in front of the bathroom mirror to summon her. It's like Bloody Bloody Mary. Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, oh, in Jersey, we did Bloody Mary. We did Bloody Mary, yeah. And I remember being like, 
Remember I told you? Yeah. I did it in, like, like my neighbor's house. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I did it in my, so they come. my overly religious neighbor's house. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna come, and it'll show them. <laughs> no, I was like, they'll believe in that. No, I didn't. I was just like, I don't want it in my house if it happens. <laughs> and my neighbor friend dared me to, so I was like, okay, I'll do this in your bathroom. Sure. Bloody Mary. <laughs> How have I never heard of this? That's insane. Yeah. I don't know. So, getting to the Bell Witch Cave now. Legend had it that, and I hope everyone understands why I had to go into that whole story. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean... I'm, like, freaked out. You wouldn't have understood this stuff if I didn't talk about all that. Mm -hmm. So, legend has it that she lived in a cave behind the Bell's property when she left. Like, anytime she would leave their house, it was rumored that she wouldn't actually leave. She would just live in that cave. What? Yeah. So, the cave is about 490 feet long. What the fuck? I don't like it. I don't like it. Wait till you see pictures of it. Have people It's literally, it? like, you know those caves where there's all, like, it looks like dripping icicles, but it's stone. Stalactite? And, yes. Ew. And creepy and eerie and wet and cold and, oh my god, it's like In that. Tennessee, I don't like it. Like that's I don't like, like it. Okay. Ew. Yeah, and so privately owned tours are given during the summer months in in October. Okay, you're dumb. <laughs> you're dumb if you go there. Yeah. I'm sorry. So here's some spooky cave shit that's happened. Okay. In 1937, Lewis Garrison, the owner of the farm that included the Bellwitch Cave, I guess he like now owns that mm-hmm. or did, um, heard unexplained noises coming from inside, and he said it sounded like something rubbing against a house, what? which is kind of like. What they heard? Yeah. Um, uh, he also described another sound as a paper-like object that flew out the door and re-entered through a side door. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And faint music heard from a piano <gasps> in the cave. No. Yeah. July 29th, 1937, a group from local Epworth League attended a hot dog roast. They called it a weenie roast. And I'm like, no, I need to change that. <laughs> They attended a weenie roast. Oh, yeah. They attended a hot dog roast in a rock quarry near the Bell Witch Cave. And they were kind of, like, joking about the legend as they were walking there, like, oh, like, that's, like, bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they saw a figure of a woman sitting on top of the cliff over the cave. And almost all of them ran away and left. Like, they were like, fuck this. But, um, in the newspaper, I guess days later, the minister in the group claimed he investigated and saw it was moonlight on a rock, but a second report after that came out concluded with a weather report that the moon was barely noticeable that night. So he, like, made that up to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, this is the logical explanation. Yeah, yeah. And there was a- those people. (laughs) Right, well, and he was religious, so maybe he didn't believe in- like there has to be something yeah there has to be like another explanation for it Mm -hmm. um and then that there was another report that that minister actually caught up to the youth that ran (sighs) and he like said to them there's no explanation for this so he went to the newspaper and said something completely different than other than what he told people yeah yeah (gasps) Ugh. yeah in 1944, Bonnie Hainline was exploring the cave. She borrowed a lantern from Mrs. Garrison, which is the cave owner. Mm-hmm. Inside the cave, her lantern blew out, and she was like, there was no breeze inside the cave at all. Of course it did. Yeah. She relit the lantern, and it blew out again. Meh. 
<laughs> she crawled along the water path of the cave because it was so dark. She's like, I need to find my way out of here until she reached the entrance and she saw an opened can of pork and beans and marshmallows. What? Okay, listen to this. This is creepy. And another doing? example of the Bell Witch being nice. Okay. So what Later that night, she learned that law enforcement discovered two escaped fugitives in the back of the cave. And she credited the witch with helping her avoid them. Because she didn't make it all the way back there because her thing kept going out. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's bipolar. Yeah. That is so weird. I know. I was like, what the hell? I was so freaked out researching this, honestly. Honestly, I don't get freaked out by things much, and this is, like, scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> Kelsey's, like, curled up. I'm like... <laughs> We're telling spooky stories. I, like, pick my nails when I'm nervous, and, like, oh my god. I know. This weirded me out. So, in 1977, five soldiers from nearby Fort Campbell went to the Bell Witch Cave. One of the soldiers was sitting on a rock and was acting skepti- skeptical of the legend, so he was, like... Yeah, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. like my dad does. <laughs> Maybe they should go there. <laughs> yeah. And something invisible as he was doing this grabbed him around the chest. Like, newsflash! <laughs> like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. In 1986, staff writer David Gerard, Gerard for the Tennessean and photographer Bill Wilson were given permission to sleep in the cave overnight. Why would you do that? (laughs) In the first cave room, they heard a noise from deeper in the cave about, like, 30 yards back, Mm. which in American terms, I don't know what the fuck that is, 30 yards. I have no fucking Yeah. Um, Don't ask me about math. there was an unwavering groan. It was repeated again with greater volume and several loud thumps. And then a third time it began, and the men went to the entrance and explored the wiring to the lights, like, looking for a reason for the noises. They were like, oh, it has to be lights, like, like a fuse going out or something, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they went back to the first cave room and heard a rumble near the entrance. They walked back to the entrance to see again what it could be, and they saw it was just from a jet plane that had passed. And then when they reached the entrance gate, a loud, high-pitched scream came from inside the cave nope and they left and did not spend the night i was gonna say (laughs) please tell me those motherfuckers went home because if they had the balls to sleep through that yes okay only a little bit more to go people hang in there i'm like so interested (laughs) i know i hope everyone else is too because i found this really interesting which is why i went so into it but i promise you my second story is not this long in 1987 hc sanders the owner of a nearby gas station said 20 years earlier he ran out of gas at night near the red river across from the bell witch cave he began to walk towards town when a rabbit came out of the woods and began to follow him he started walking (laughs) faster but the rabbit kept pace with him. Even when he broke out into a run, the rabbit kept chasing him. What? Yeah. It was the rabbit dog. Ugh. After a mile, he sat down on a log to catch his breath from running because he was, like, really freaked out. The rabbit hopped up on the other side of the log, looked at him, and, quote, said, Hell of a race we had there, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you expect that? No, I thought it was gonna like transform. That's why I think that rabbit dog thing was her. She, like they said, um, could shape shift or something. Oh my god! And she or this guy was fucking insane. He was tripping. Yeah, 
How he took some, we had there. He took some, <laughs> he dropped some acid yeah. before he decided to go for yeah. a run. Yeah. And was actually raising a rabbit. Yeah. So while diving into the stories, um, because I ended up reading like a bunch of different stories. Yeah. And I kind of summed it up because I'm like, I can't tell all of these. Yeah. Most of the cave experiences included hearing a woman's voice clearly talk to you, hearing eerie sounds, a woman's voice singing, cave lights going out, the gate being closed while you're in there yeah. to the cave. Nope. I don't like that. Mm-mm. Orbs, ghostly figures, being pushed or poked, whispering, technology and batteries being messed with, like the flashlight. Yeah. And growling, no fucking thank you. No, that's not human, Growling, folks. no, that is an entity. No. That is not human. So, I want to end this with a cave story that I found that I thought was really fucking cool because it was actually a story told by Rick White, who okay. is the writer and director of the movie The Bell Witch Haunting. Oh my god, okay. Of experience that happened when he was there, and it's cray cray. Okay. So, quote, this is all gonna be his story. Okay. A few years ago, while conducting research for a script that would later become The Bell Witch Haunting, I was walking near the opening of the cave on the Bell property with a fellow writer. We were walking right beside each other with no one else around. Everything was quiet when suddenly we heard a woman angrily whisper over our shoulders right in our ears, quote, what are you doing here? (laughs) We both quickly turned. No one was there. With the exception of long, hard shooting days, the filming of the movie went fairly smooth. We wrapped photography in February 2003, but due to commitments on other projects, we did not start editing the film until the end of April. After completing the editing of the last individual scene and preparing to put the scenes together, on June 10th, While no one was in the office, a fax machine, which was on standby, mysteriously caught on fire and burned our office. What the fuck? Entity. Entity. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The machine was always left on, and in parentheses it says, to receive faxes, and was the only thing on in the office. We had the machine for over two years and never had any problems with it. Mm -hmm. The machine was on standby because we had not used it in a couple of days and it automatically went into power saver. The office was totally destroyed. Fortunately, we had backup copies of the film and were able to continue editing, although delayed for a couple of months. After the fire, I proceeded to edit at home, where we began to experience several odd things, including strange feelings, strong, unexplained odors, a turned-off cell phone ringing, and unusual problems with the new editing equipment. We had to have the computer repaired three times in three months, causing extra work and delays. Evidently, the spirit did not like what we were saying about her. (laughs) I'm scared. I know. I'm never watching this fucking movie. No, I feel like... Oh my god, no. Okay. While we were... While we were filming the movie, it was on the news that the Bell Witch Museum curator's house somehow caught on fire and she was found deceased at the front door, evidently trying to get out. Oh my god. I know. That's when I like threw up and I was like, I'm done. I have the chance. <laughs> A few months after our fire, the Red River Baptist Church portrayed in the movie mysteriously caught on fire. What? Three unexplained fires that we know of in less than a year. Someone has been busy. Rick White, writer and director of the movie The Bell Witch Haunting. So the movie came out anyway. Yeah. Like, he should have, like, burned that and never, ever, ever put that out. No, I would not want my name associated with shit like that. She knows. I don't, she, I don't like Bell her. She fucking knows. I'm scared. I know. My thought process in the beginning of the whole thing was... 
was this and I hate to, like, pin it on someone, you know? But I was like, wait, are they just hearing voices, or is someone, like, making these voices or doing this? I was like, oh, it's his wife. Like, she poisoned him. Yeah. But that doesn't explain, like, they would have been, like... Like, everybody after Yeah, even the neighbors would have been, like, we saw Lucy being possessed doing this. Half the time, they didn't even see anything. Oh, my God. That is fucking terrifying. (laughs) I'm, like, so scared. The end. <laughs> the end. Everybody, good night. Please go to sleep now and don't have any nightmares. Yeah. Sorry it was knowledge. so long, but I felt it was necessary. Wow, that was fucking terrifying. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about her now. So, normally we do two haunt two um, stories each in our haunted episodes, but this yeah. week... We are actually going to split it because it ended up going way too long, especially with, well, my long ass story about the <laughs> scary ass <laughs> about the bell witch. Yeah, <laughs> and with the added intro we had to put in the beginning, it would have been way too long. So we're just going to split this episode, and we're going to do this our second uh coverage of haunted episodes within the next coming weeks we'll probably throw in some cases or something in between but that it then we'll add in those in another couple weeks yeah we felt like it was just better to split it up um that way you know you have some funny haunted places in between um but again the audio quality in this part might be different from what was previously recorded this is another add-in section we wanted to talk about a couple more things before the end of this episode as well Um, so basically we put on our Instagram story a little while ago that anybody that leaves us a review or a star on, um, Apple podcast or any other podcasting platform, if you screenshot that, we will send with your, uh, and then just send it a picture to us, um, with your address, we will go ahead and send you a free sticker in the mail. Yeah. Um, we did notice that there was one person that left a written review on our Apple podcast platform, but Pow she or Pup, he... Powpup987 on Apple Podcasts. Who are you? Yeah, we want to send you a sticker. So let us know. Um, just let us know that it was you and send us your address so we can get you your free sticker. Yes, we appreciate it so much and we love you. So we just want to show our pre- appreciation by that little sticker. Yeah. It's a cool sticker, too. It is. (laughs) Uh, We have some other fun things coming up for you guys, but obviously we want to wait as well until we're both out of quarantine and able Mm -hmm. to actually ship stuff. That's another thing. Shipping is currently on pause. So if you order any shirts from us or if you leave us a review and want us to send you a free sticker... We're just going to keep it on pause right now because all of our stuff has been boxed up in a separate room that we have not been in and we want to leave it that way. So nothing has been contaminated or touched or anything while we've been sick. Right. We just wanted to give you a heads up just so you're thinking that like we're not sending contaminated stuff. It's literally been boxed up and completely away from us. Yeah. So, um, and it's going to to remain that way until our quarantine's up. Right. Why shipping is on pause. Right. Like I said, mine is up, but I'm just going to give it a few more days anyway until Bryn's is up. Um, that way we can get back to making shirts together, ship those out if we need to. And then we have a couple of the things that are coming up that we are going to be selling. So stay tuned for that cool surprise. Yeah. We're so excited. Yeah. (laughs) This has been part of the torture. 
I know. The quarantine torture. <laughs> I know. It's something that we are really excited about that we're going to be selling soon. So stay tuned. Yeah. All and right. And I think that much pretty much sums it up. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have a good week, guys. Reach out to us. Talk to us. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. For more information regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.